What's the haps, kids? This is WJ from Ring General Radio, and you are listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Ryan M. Brewer. Michael fucking Malone. <laughs> What's up, bud? Nothing, man. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Good, good. Daddy's got a tattoo. I saw that on the, on the Instagram. Yeah, it's a big piece. I have to call it pieces now. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> that's God. how you know you. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm new to the tattoo world, but I know that like that's the uh, that's the you, terminology. You're, you're, you're already piece. you're already treating being a person with a tattoo on his body the way you treated being a father. <laughs> I'm all in. Is that what you mean? I just, I know, I know all about it now. I know just, all about just, it now. I have, just, a, I have a new piece. Uh, I went to the same guy who did my, my first piece. Um, the butterfly. <laughs> uh, so a little backstory. I have a, I have a tattoo on my left forearm. I've never had tattoos before. I'm, I got my first one at, at fucking like 37 years old. Um, like you so do. I, yeah, like you do. I'm rebelling. <laughs> I'm in my rebelling stage in life. Okay. And uh, my first tattoo is half butterfly, half flowers. And the, de- and the detailing in the flowers is like uh, really like really intricate. Um, the guy's really good at, at the, the detailing and it takes up most of my left forearm, right? It's mostly and like, it was, it's black and white line drawing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just black and white. Um, it was for my mom. I have this butterfly effect going on with my mother. And, um, so, uh, uh, it was for her and, and the guy who tattooed me was named Nancy and my mother's name was Nancy. And, uh, I did not seek that out. I just, that was just, uh, a serendipitous the, thing that happened. That's the most, uh, LA story I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just really vied with his energy and he, you know, the moon was in like its autumn phase and, and I felt I, like, and then I found out his name was my grandma's name or my mom's name. <laughs> Anyways, I went back to this guy because I really liked what he what he did for me. And uh, and so I've been wanting to get another tattoo. It's true what they say. Once you get one, you want one thousand of them. Um, It's very addictive. Uh, As soon as I got this one, I was like, all right, what's next? What's I've already got it planned. Did you did you you already did you just have a, a bunch of ideas immediately? Yeah, and I've I try try to uh, separate myself from uh, basic white girl tattoos. Um, I've had a lot of those ideas. Uh, you know, a lot of broken hearts. Uh, I feel like I, really, I feel like Nancy would hold you accountable for that, though. Yeah, yeah, and I and uh, I, very like I I would love nothing more than a where the wild things are tattoo. And it is taking every fiber in my fucking body and soul not to get King Max on my body somewhere. <laughs> is that is that a white girl thing? That is a very basic tattoo white girl thing to do. And uh, man. man, I want one real bad. I had no idea that was a white girl thing. I think it's yeah. I think when you well, if you just Google where the wild things are tattoo. 
Um, mostly white women come up. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> like I mean, a- I guess I, I guess I don't. I don't doubt that of the people who have a King Max tattoo, it is predominantly white women. But I didn't know that that meant it was like a common thing for white women to do. It's just more prevalent among the white female community. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's very it's like it'd be it's like, like me. Like, dude, I can't like, walk down the street with running into six white girls. They got a King Max on them. <laughs> it's a very uh, pumpkin spice latte of the tattoos <laughs> of the tattoo world. Yeah, yeah, and I here's the thing. I'm kind of here for it. You know what I mean? If it tastes yeah. good and it makes you feel good, then why aren't you drinking pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, do, so, do you like pumpkin spice as a thing in general? No, I do, you know, I like pumpkin spice candles. However, only candles. Yeah, only candle. You know, I don't even like pumpkin pie all that well. Well, it's because it has an actual... Uh, like plant in it instead of being flavored like a plant. And that's very against most things you go for. Yeah, I don't like, I don't do vegetables. <laughs> I'm kidding. I've fucked plenty of women in comas. Um, <laughs> plenty. Plenty is an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting choice. Plenty. Listen, when, when you're hey, swiping, in you're most swiping circles, out there, you know? Zero is plenty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, uh, anyway, so I didn't want to get a basic tattoo. Right. Uh, I've tried to steer clear of that. Um, uh, so I, I was searching for a self care tattoo and, uh, that's already out there that I could tweak or like. And, um, anyways, I found this design that I really liked, which was a woman who had a watering can and she was watering herself. Um, and she, uh, in the, instead of a head on it, it had like a, like a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a great idea. And the design I saw, I, I liked, but I wasn't like a thousand percent on board with, there was like some weird, like it, it still showed some of the face and it was just like, I, I don't know. I didn't like the design. So Enter Nancy. To, yeah. So I took it to my guy, you know, that did my other piece. Your other my piece, guy. right. Right. Your guy. <laughs> Right. right. My guy that did my piece and he made the flowers match the same flowers on my butterfly. He did the same kind of detailing and all that stuff. The tattoo is fucking huge. It takes up most of my uh, upper right arm. But the shitty thing is like, I can't really see it. (laughs) It's like... It's like spinners on your vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not for me, I guess, which this is kind is of a bummer. for everyone else's benefit. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer because like I like looking at my other tattoo. Yeah. I like being able to see that. And this one, I, I literally I have no idea that it's there. And even when I wear T-shirts, uh, it's, it's, you can't even see it. So, which leads me to to now, I uh, you know, not wanting to be a basic white girl with a King Max tattoo. Now I have to be a, a basic white dude and a tank top. I, I have to be a tank top, bro. You have to be a tank top guy now. Well, I mean, it can be, I guess. Like, you don't have to be a, like, cut-out t-shirt guy. Oh, man, that'd be or, great. I'd actually... Or... I would- <laughs> <laughs> or if you that. cut if you cut dire- just the sleeves off, I think that's you know how most like uh, people try to try to cut like more than just the sleeve. If you cut off just the sleeve, I think that's a statement. Like right yeah, there, where a, little, that, a little side boob showing. Right where that seam is. 
Yeah. Just cut out just yeah. the seam of the sleeve, just that little spot. So it's still mostly a T-shirt. You know, you know, what's interesting is what if the, you just cut off just the side that the tattoo is on? Is that too obvious? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking rad, dude. You know, that's yeah. a whole clothing line. It's I'm just, just, show, it's, just showing off my one arm tattoo. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to start a clothing brand. No sleeves for your sleeves. It's and just so a, it's just it's it's a it's a niche genre. It's like big and <laughs> it's like big and tall. It's yeah. just cuz cuz you either order your left uh sleeve cut off or your right sleeve cut off. Right. Right. You, it's you, not for yeah, you have to choose one or the other. It's, it's certainly for a fragmented off your market. sleeve tattoos. You know what's interesting is the the uh the guilt that I had uh going into getting a tattoo. And I'd like to talk a little bit about the brainwashing that we get growing up, living uh, in our surroundings and, and by the, the parental figures around us. Because mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting is, you know, I grew up in a, a pretty conservative family in a pretty conservative area. Yeah. And um, my aunt's, you know, it's is the only one kind of left, my aunt and my uncle, right? Uh, everybody else is <laughs> pretty much dead besides my, <laughs> my grandma. And so, um, and she's very conservative. Um, you You're know, one of the religious. very few who has a grandma and almost no one else. <laughs> I know, right? My grandma just turned 95. All parents have perished beneath the might of grandma. There can only be one. <laughs> there can only be one Highlander, and she is fucking <laughs> And it, it's dude. fucking grandma. <laughs> So when I, when I, the idea of even getting a tattoo in general was like looked down on, it was almost like a, like a, like a junky thing to do, you know? Certainly Um, it was, it was viewed as white trash. Yes. Yes. And same with, same with, uh, with marijuana. When I started smoking weed, I was very open with it and my mom was okay with it and all that stuff. But the conservative side of my family, I still don't think that they're a thousand percent okay with it. They, there's still like some, you know, some give and take on like looking at me kind of like a, like a junkie almost. Dude, um, my, my, uh, that my, my whole childhood, my parents were youth pastors. Oh and, my gosh. Uh, so you like, fucking and, did it. Yeah, so uh, my parents tried very hard to, like, shelter us from a lot of stuff like that. And, like, part of me appreciates certain things that they did, and other parts of me are, like, pretty pretty well handled that one with, like, concrete gloves. Like, it couldn't have been more clumsy the way you handled that one. Like, and, and one of those examples is booze. Like booze was like, ah, uh, yeah. There was no such thing as this person is an otherwise reasonable human being, but sometimes has a glass of wine at dinner. Let alone like this person's another uh, otherwise reasonable human being, but sometimes has a few drinks and gets a little tipsy. Like for our understanding, if you had one sip of booze, you were a bad person. <laughs> See, I thought it would be the opposite. I thought because a lot of times in super religious families and conservative types, it's okay if you're a fall down fucking drunk. But if you take a couple of hits of weed a week, you're a devil worshiping junkie who is life's on the wrong track. And you're like, this dude can't even fucking stand up. And you're you're upset with the guy who's giggling uh, and, you know, while watching (laughs) cartoons like that's the villain. 
front of me in the snack section at the Seven Eleven. Yes, uh, <laughs> you're mad at the guy inhaling Taco Bell at one a.m. and not the guy beating his fucking kids and and is so drunk he doesn't even know his middle name. The fucking uh, Taco Bell guy is the villain. This is this is uh, this is not funny at all. But also. <laughs> I, like I thought to you meant just the podcast in I general. Like to, I, was, I like, was trying. I was trying to imagine <laughs> just the podcast as it's going so far. <laughs> yeah, like um, this is not funny at all. I was trying to imagine uh, what it would take, like a stoner who's also abusive to his family. Like, what would that look like? <laughs> <All right>. You probably forget half. That'd be the best to be like, all right, man, I'm going to take off my belt, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, what were we? What were what we doing? Am, what were we doing? <laughs> what the fuck am I mad at you about? Get the hell out of here. I feel like it would be, <laughs> I feel like it would be easier to be a stoner and be uh, like a, like a, an emotionally abusive person, you know? Yeah. He's like, I don't know why she's so upset. I just like. Got a little high last night and roasted her for like two <laughs> hours, bro. <laughs> it's the big deal. It was so great. Like, dad, dad, calm down. All right, all right. You you didn't roast me. You Wait. got up and said you were leaving and left the house and drove around the block and then came back and told me you were just kidding. That's not a roast. That's just mean. <laughs> no, that was so funny. Dad lost his temper and fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> Shh, my dad's been out smoking again. If we're too loud, he's going to come in here and try to play songs for us on his phone. I was just going to say that. I was just going to fucking say, don't wake dad. He'll play Wonderwall. <laughs> he's going to start playing his guitar if we wake him up. <laughs> We can't wake dad up. He's going to start crying. He's going to cry. Oh, my God. I got got school in the fucking morning. I can't be coming in with puffy eyes because I had to sit up all night listening to my dad cry about a Wonderwall album. (laughs) (laughs) So I had... (laughs) Getting back on track. I had this kind of guilt uh, hanging on to me, uh, almost like this nervous, like anxious energy getting this tattoo, thinking to myself, what what is my family going to think about this? Yeah. And and I had to because the other tattoo, I felt like I almost got a get out of jail free card because it was, you know, a tattoo dedicated to my dead mom. And if you say like, hey, that looks kind of junky, you're like, oh, really? A tribute to my dead mom is junky. Go fuck yourself. Hold on a second. Does your family use junky to refer to like (laughs) (laughs) white trash people (laughs) like as an adjective? No, how, I don't know. Look how junky that person is. Look at that <laughs> junky person over there. <laughs> is that not a is that not the term? Uh, no, junky is like someone on drugs, man. Like a yeah. junk, a junkie. So they're saying you look like a junkie. Well, yeah, it could be because I weigh 92 pounds too, but I mean that yeah. You know, <laughs> like, look at this junkie. Look at this junkie. Um, he all he does out there in LA is deliver quote unquote pizza. <laughs> He's on that junk. He's on that junk. Pizza He's hashtag, a junkie. Hashtag Pizzagate. Malone's involved. <laughs> Malone's involved. He's, <laughs> hashtag Malone's. Junk. Hashtag Malone knew. <laughs> Malone knew. 
Anyway, <laughs> I had this guilt looming over me. And I had to I had to remind myself that that A, that I'm an adult. And B, like, right. this is my story. This is my life. I get to choose how I live it and my actions and all of that stuff. And this isn't for them. This tattoo is not for them. It's not right. even for me, it turns out. I can't even see it. So it's not for them and not all things are for all people. And I feel yeah. the same way about I've been posting on on Facebook recently. I've been I've been very very open about my hatred for Donald Trump, which I have been on and off silent about for the past few years. Because again, close friends and family have pulled me to the side and said, "Hey, man, you really shouldn't do that. You should really be careful." And you know this and that. And I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, "Oh, if you're with him, if you support him, then I don't." give a fuck anymore like then i don't want to be associated with you you know what i mean like right it at this point if you're like that's my guy then also fuck you <laughs> right so but i think at some point you've got to um you have to draw a line there has I, to be I, a point where you yeah, go i think I'm there out. does but i i also think at the very least it doesn't necessarily have to be so vitriolic, you know what I mean? I've had to I've oh, had to deal oh, with that. Oh, no, no. I've had to deal with that idea in my brain a lot that like um not every person is supposed to be in your life in the capacity that they were in your life forever. Yes, yes, right? yes, like, yes. Like it's okay for some people to fall into the background and just be people that you're cordial with. You know yes. what I mean? Like like yes. it, like it's okay and and you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be, it's not you being a hypocrite if you're just not shitty to a person because you don't want to be friends with them anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like your integrity, it's just don't be friends with the person anymore. And, and when you see them just be like, Hey, yeah, it's been a while. And then when they go like, we should hang out, you'd be like, yeah. And then never call them. That's all you have to do. Yes. And, and that's more of my point where it's like, not all things are for all people. Right. And for sure. if, yeah. if, if you're seeing my post and it makes your blood boil and you're like, I can't believe he'd say that about Donald Trump, but it, well then it's not for you. I'm not, you know what I mean? And that bleeds right. into the, cause the idea of these friends and family coming to me and pulling me to the side, we're like, Oh, you're going to affect um, your fan base because I have a large Midwest following like you. Right. And they're like, well, they're not going to come out and, and I don't see know you. that I can, I don't know that I'd compare our Midwest followings Malone. <laughs> I don't know that you want that sort of <laughs> reputation. <laughs> Anyways, the idea of people coming to to stop coming that would stop coming to see me because of my political views and because right. of the platforms that I'm standing on and standing up for. Well, then those aren't the people that are going to like my show anyways, because these are the things that I want to talk about. And right. I'd rather cut them off at the pass and have them go, fuck that guy. He he thinks abortion should be legal then coming to my fucking show paying money and then either heckling me or walking out or you know yelling or being fucking disruptive or wanting to fight me or whatever however it bleeds into my live show because i'm then talking about the things that make them uncomfortable now in yeah. person so yeah. i'd rather head them off at the pass and be like hey man here's who i am here's who i stand for and if you don't like that and if if, you, if that's not your cup of tea or you think that i'm a fucking devil worshiping pussy ass liberal snowflake 
Blake, whatever, like, great, awesome. Don't come to my live show because I you're not going to like the discussion there either. And not all things are for all people. And that's how I had to kind of get out of that funk of guilt that I had of getting even, and that's, and that's what I'm talking about. This brainwashing gets down to us so deeply that I felt bad about getting a tattoo. How dumb is that? It's, it's interesting. The things, the things that bother you too, though, like, I think I would think that there would be more of a pushback from that type of mind in general toward like moving to L.A. and doing comedy for a living to begin with. Right. You know what I mean? Like, do the, does the, do you ever get it? Did you ever get any flack like that? Like, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to do that thing? Well, I always get, you know, still I, I get the the fallback plan of like, well, what are you going to do? You know, and it's like, oh, I'm I'm doing what I'm what I'm going to do. Right. Like you know, I already, already started. I've been doing it already. Yeah. This this is the plan. Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, there there are definitely been a lot of moments where it's like, be and 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 to be fair, like that's a very fair conversation to have with somebody in the entertainment field. When there are no guarantees, there is no corporate right. ladder to climb. There right. is no if right. then, then this situation. And so if you, you want to approach me and say, hey, man, uh, I know you're still not on Saturday Night Live every fucking week. What's the fucking plan? Uh, that's a fair question. <laughs> but coming yeah. at me and saying that, hey, man, you can't you can't post what you're posting um, because some people might not like it. Right. Well, then get fucked. Sorry. Right. Right. Sorry. Right. So there's going to be like 12 solid minutes of abortion jokes in your new hour. Right? <laughs> is, that, is that what I'm supposed to take away from all that? <laughs> yes. 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 Just, just, just killing with abortion bits. <laughs> Literally killing. I'm just, I'm just murdering with abortion bits. My new hour is called Abortion Stops a Beating Punchline. And uh, it's 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 that's, edgy. That's, it's edgy. <laughs> it's edgy. It's you know some say risque even. You know we had to change up the material a bit for my tonight show appearance. <laughs> Just a little bit. We had to alter it a little bit. We had to change a few tags. Just a few. <laughs> yeah, we had to switch out some things. Really, things- my. Minute changes, minute changes. <laughs> the, you know, it's, it's not as though the entire premise is off the rails yeah. at all. It's, it's, it's in there. It's in the pocket. We just yeah. had to change a couple things. The secondary title for the hour, uh, which is, uh, abortion. I barely knew her. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> is there, how much punctuation is in there? Is there a colon between abortion and I barely knew her? No, the colon's a wrong hole. Are the, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's not where abortion they can't, they can't. They can't enter through there. <laughs> hey, man, I think you got ripped off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus, your abortion turned into a C-section, just a full-on... <laughs> on and <laughs> that's the seating for the theater shows that everything is <laughs> you're in the <a> c-section 
Jesus Christ. We're going to hell. The whole theater um, is C-section. You're in section, can, session C. Can we, can we touch lightly on this whole idea about Donald Trump knowing how dangerous the coronavirus is? Uh, I don't know. Can you touch lightly on it? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> it's, I want to talk about, here's the, here's the interesting thing about it. Yeah. I, I posted about it because again, I'm on this whole like, fuck Donald Trump train. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, I've been, yeah, I've been very vocal. Donald and so, Trump's, Donald Trump's, uh, got boats. But the the fuck Donald Trump people are on trains. All right. I got it. (laughs) I got it. So the the pushback that I'm getting now, which I think is hilarious, is that uh, Trump supporters are now admitting that he did lie to the American people. Right. They they finally for the first time ever. I have had Trump supporters agree that he lied to the American people. Okay, what's, what's the catch? This is the plot twist. <laughs> They're not upset that he downplayed the coronavirus. They're upset that he upplayed it. They're upset that the tapes reveal that he said the coronavirus was more dangerous than the, the common cold or flu mm-hmm. and that it not only affects old people and young people. And all. They're upset that he was telling the truth and not only are Trump supporters mad about that, but also White House staff members have come forward and said that they are mad that Donald Trump was honest with Bob Woodward and that he was supposed to keep his fucking mouth shut. I, I uh, he, he, this is very so, interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so people are mad that he's telling the truth, which is well, hilarious. I, I actually, I want to, uh, I want to like zoom out one, one step from that. Remember, remember how the whole thing with Donald Trump is that he's saving us from all this way worse shit that could be happening. Batman for pedophiles. He's not playing by the party lines. He's not beholden to the traditional, um, donation structure and, and campaign support structure. Like, you know, he's the outsider. He's, he's the guy that's speaking for us, no matter what the establishment want him to do. Right. Right. Until something like this comes out and now they're upset that he didn't tow the party line and shut the fuck up about it. Here's the, (laughs) here's the problem there. (laughs) Here's the problem there. Uh, Are they, I think they're probably more upset that he has proven to not be that thing that they're certain he's been this whole time. You know what I mean? And now they're just lying salesman. No, no, no. They're, they're certain they're, they've been certain the whole time that he's the one not playing by the rules. And apparently the rules were to shut the fuck up about the virus. On this one, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So now they're mad. He is playing by the rules. I'm afraid that what's really going on is they're just they've he's been knocked off his pedestal for them a little bit. And they're having this 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 past week or so. Right. Like all this stuff coming out where it's essentially confirmed. It's at least confirmed that there are some people who are close to the White House, who hate that motherfucker enough that they're willing to lie and make up that he uh, that he disparaged, you know, service members. <laughs> it's at the right. very least at that point. 
<laughs> which says something. If the people that are surrounded by you on a, or that you're surrounded by on a daily basis hate you so much that they have to make up some vile shit you said about like service members being suckers, but only if they die, you know, <laughs> like yeah. shit like that. <laughs> If they have to make up that story because they hate you so much, that says something about you, first of all. Second of all, I think it's probably likely that he just said those things, that there's nobody disgruntled (laughs) in making him up. He just said that shit. But that there is somebody within the White House that's like, okay, this is so fucked up. I've got to tell somebody about this. I've got to say something. Now I've got to say something about this, right? So... Then it gets out to the public and you can see it happening. I think when you talk to like some of the real hardcore Trump supporters, like you can see it kind of shake them a little bit. They're like, okay, well, this is a little weird. This is not what I expected to come out of all the things I expected to come out. You know what I mean? Like I expected Donald Trump to have the security team drag down a protester at one of his events and like piss on their head. Like I expected that to happen, (laughs) but I didn't expect him to come out and be like, fuck the troops. You know, (laughs) like I I didn't, didn't expect that. And you could see that shaking the real hardcore MAGA people a little bit. You can see it's getting inside. They're like, what the fuck with this guy? And then it comes out that he's like, yeah, I've been lying about the coronavirus the whole time. Just, just lying about it. Straight up lying <laughs> just, about it. Just lying about it. Why the fuck wouldn't I be lying about it? Now they're all like, wait a minute. We believed all that <laughs> stuff you were saying. This is really getting fucked up. And I think at this point we're going to start to see some uh, caged animals, I think. People are going to – you know what I mean? When people are backed into a corner and there's no choice but to accept what's happened. But I don't think they're actually going to accept it. The feedback that I'm getting, and again, this is from a small portion of people, you know, we talked about numbers last time. This is from a small portion of people who are supporters, who happen to follow me, who happen to read my post, who happen to comment. Yes. But the feedback, the the data that I'm gathering (laughs) is that there, I mean, one person posted a picture of somebody playing a violin and it says, And it says, here's, you know, here's me playing a tiny, the world's tiniest violin for you whiny liberals. That's the response. Yeah. Um, So I don't think they, I, I honestly believe, and I have said this from day one, the most honest thing Donald Trump has ever said is that he could shoot somebody standing on Fifth Avenue and not lose one supporter. And I full heartedly believe that. That is, he could literally commit murder live at one of his route. He could bring a five-star general Marine on stage and shoot him in the head, and his supporters would cheer and say that he's the most macho leader, and finally we have somebody who's not a pussy like Obama. And, like, all your, your, you know, your, your Facebook feed would be full of this alpha mentality, this, this, this cult worship, this blind loyalty that... Right, uh, but, but Malone, only fewer than half of the 60% that vote could even, could even be bothered to vote for the guy. Back then, but now you think again, they're, they're bigger fans of him now than they were. To oh my with? God! Yes, yes. Or that there are more yes. of them. I think so that he is. Let's hypothetically I, go here. If he loses yes. 
to what do you attribute that? If his strong his his followers are only getting stronger and more and more powerful by the day. <laughs> if if he loses, is it because how, why? Why did he lose? Um why did he lose? If He's he loses. Go- if he loses, I would say um are you oh, man, about I, to go on record and claim in a recorded uh, in a recorded podcast um, to be saved for dexterity purposes on the <laughs> internet forever? Are you about to say go on record and say that he's going to win again? I have a terrible gut feeling that he is going to win because of the messaging that is directed towards him. And we talked a little bit about this last week, but I'll touch on it again lightly, which is the idea of every, you know, the, the whole campaign that Joe Biden's running on is look at this fucking idiot, Donald Trump. When you're, when again, people that know that he's a fucking terrible human being already know that. And the people that love him are not going to stop loving him. So you're not reaching across the aisle. You're not making any change by continuing to say, look at this fucking idiot. Um, and you're only making those people stronger. And I will go back to the, my comment section as evidence time after time, I've posted about uh, these horrible things that Donald Trump has done. And his supporters do not care, and they're getting louder. And as we're seeing, as we get closer and closer to the election, dude, look what's happening. They're getting louder and louder. They're they're marching in the streets now. They're they're out on their boats. You know, ten thousand boats were out this fucking weekend for Donald Trump. Huntington Beach, which is close to where I live, was is filled with Trump supporters who are marching on the daily. And what I think we're do you think What's, there are more Trump supporters marching on the daily than there are Black Lives Matter supporters marching on the daily? I, no, but I will say that the people that are out uh, are out in contrast, in direct contrast to that. I do not think anybody would be marching for Donald Trump if Black Lives Matter's people were not marching. So I think that is, a, is it, a direct appear, conflict, uh, a purposeful conflict uh, that they are doing. It would appear to me that there are more people actively mobilized against him than there are actively mobilized in his favor. Yes, yes. But as we learned from I, the 2016 not, election, not, that doesn't pretend. matter. Let's not pretend like, let's not pretend like, well, you think, you think that there were more people out in droves activated to, to like campaign and do shit for Hillary Clinton than there are for Joe Biden right now? Cause yes. that, I, I did, I wholly disagree. Yes, because it was it was the it was more than a presidential election. It was a movement for the first female president. And so there was a lot more campaigning going on um, for that and a lot more ads. She had a lot more money than Joe Biden had. There was a lot more hoorah going on for Hillary Clinton because of the uh, female candidacy there. And yes, you know, you have Harris, but she's not the front runner. Um, so I, I think that Joe Biden is a name that, you know, and that you trust and that you associate automatically with Obama and Harris is fucking great and awesome. And she's, you know, um, she's doing the thing that she's supposed to do. Um, she's adding a lot of value. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying like, she's adding a lot of value to the ticket. Like, let's not, let's not just, let's not push her to the side. Like she is adding a lot of value to that ticket. Um, however, on the right, the narrative is that Joe Biden's a fucking pedophile. He's smelling little kids, you know, and all this shit. 
Um, another narrative going along with Joe Biden with on the right is that it's a trick that they want to that we're running Joe Biden and that he's going to step down and Harris is going to be president within the first year. And it's it's all a trick. It's an illusion to get Harris to be the president, which is absurd. But you're talking about a group of people who fully believe in QAnon conspiracy theories. And this has you, come up in my you fully, feed more do you fully than be, once. Do you fully believe he's just going to sit in the White House and refuse to leave? I believe that we At are the going to the election. I would say that he's already started a narrative, a dangerous narrative, which is the election is rigged and that they are cheating and that mm-hmm. if I don't win, it's because they cheated. And mm-hmm. I think that that is a very dangerous narrative um, when you're talking to a group of people who, again, who I just mentioned, have full belief in QAnon uh, conspiracy theorist right, theories. But, right. But the point I'm trying to make here is that is that. OK, the the in your opinion, the yes. right, the right is making up stories about Joe Biden. Yes. To to disparage him. Donald yes. Trump, to, Donald Trump just walks around living, pissing and breathing a disparaging story like he he, he the, the left doesn't have to make it up. He right. just does it. Yes. Why is it that you think that the conservative a Republican Party is more willing to buy into made up stuff from Trump than they are than the left leaning Democratic Party is willing to accept that Donald Trump is a nightmare and they want to get him out. Why do you think that, why do you think that, that? That's easy. It's loyalty. It's that blind loyalty. I've never seen. You don't think they're never you seen. don't think they're blindly loyal Democrats? Yes, of course. You got to rely also, on your blindly loyal Democrats or you ain't going to win another election. Well, what I'm, what I'm also <laughs> what we're also relying on is is the House to do the right thing as well. And right now what you're getting into is Republicans that are in the Senate and how they like Trump because he is giving them the judges that they want to appoint. He's already he, just today. He came out and said that he wants to appoint Ted Cruz. Um, and. That is another Republican, and he's already put so many judges and jobs and all this stuff who want to, uh, you know, roll back laws of abortion and gay marriage and all these different things, uh, who rule with the idea of religion first and people second. So um, he's he doesn't and Trump doesn't give a fuck about any of that. He just wants to play the game. He knows that if he appoints, if he promises some judges, that he's going to get the votes of the Republican Party. And that's the trick that he's playing with them. Now, the trick that he's playing on the American people, the American voter, is the blind loyalty. It is a cult following. I've never seen anybody – and I think this is it – because of his celebrity status before going into the White House – It'd be like it'd be like fucking Dr. Phil being our president you, or fucking honestly, Oprah being our president. Do you honestly, though, believe that there are people who didn't like Donald Trump at the beginning and are now like, oh, yeah, I'm fully on board now? Yes. And Dude, I believe the opposite I, of that. No I believe people that really way. liked him in the beginning and don't like him now. I will say that well, as well. I mean, I've, like I've like seen a, a lot of that. The last election finished with yes. Donald Trump losing the popular vote. Yes. So I'm asking you, where are these new votes coming from that he's going to come out and win this thing? What I'm saying because is— Because you are saying that people are activated against him. 
right? Yes. There yes. are Democrats that are activated. So if we assume that because of what a fucking walking doofus he's been, um, that that there are a, a large number of Democratic voters who are, who, who are or never before voters who are going to be activated to go vote against this guy. If those exist, then he has to get more votes this time than he got last time. Yes. How? Where are they coming from, in your opinion? They're, those are all people who were on the fence and now they're gusto Donald Trump people. Like, yeah, I there guess are people who is- voted for Hillary Clinton who are now jumping to ship and voting for Donald Trump instead. No, there's yes. no way. No. Yes, no. because oh, it, because of two things, because of two things, the I silent think, majority, which I is, think you might be batshit nuts on that point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will also say this, like, let's not forget that he lost by over two million votes and still got to be president. Yeah. But right. So I, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I just. I like kind of just arguing the opposite point of view. Um, no, and I, I, I love that too but, because it but makes I me have to question what I'm believing I and really, what I'm saying. I really just have a hard time. And here's the thing. I will full disclosure. I'll admit this. Four years ago, I said there's no way that guy wins. No right. way. There's zero chance because I do think that money makes everything go around. And I couldn't imagine a world in which the people with money preferred him over Hillary Clinton. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine it. Right. And so I was wrong. I was dead ass wrong. Like that dude pulled victory from the jaws of defeat um, after losing like every meaningful poll. Uh, yeah. The, uh, so I was wrong. So maybe I'm going to be wrong again on this. But I can't imagine that that his performance, like look at the national polling on approval ratings and stuff like that. I can't imagine that his performance has mobilized more people for him who previously didn't vote or voted the other way than it has motivated people against him. Who didn't I think you. I think yet. you're looking at. Uh, I think you're looking at in the in the wrong area. I think you are focusing on the on the on the actual American people voting and not the favors that he's done while being in office and the executive orders that he's put in and the favors and and stuff like that that he's traded while being in office to the senators and house members that matter that also do vote and also do determine who gets to be president i think that we all are kind of turning a blind eye to that which matters a big fucking deal because our system is inherently broken it's a fucking old ass system that needs to be updated and i pray to god that we someday can step up and realize that you know things change people evolve and maybe we shouldn't be basing our entire lives and livelihoods on a document that's fucking 200 years old like maybe let's not do that um let's update it let's make some changes but unfortunately that's not the case for this election and what we're seeing is um him do a lot again for the Republican Party and the Republican voters in the House and Senate. He is has done a fuck ton of favors and trades. And that's just the shit we know about. Plus, he's made good with a lot of people that we weren't good with. And like fucking Kim Jong Un and the um, fucking Vladimir Putin and stuff like that. And his 
the the Senate recognizes that they see that the Republican side sees that the Democrats still see them as terrible dictators, which they should. And a lot of the voters in, the, in America think that, too. But again, this blind loyalty that they have, if you ask the average Trump supporting Republican how they feel about Vladimir Putin, they'll tell you that we should be friends with him. They tell you that we should be best fucking like he's a great guy and a great leader. Meanwhile, he's having gay men executed in the fucking streets. He's poisoning other fucking, you know, diplomats and all this terrible shit. He's a Bond villain. And somehow Donald Trump has persuaded the Republican voter to think that that's our friend. And if he's able to do that and he's able to tell to, to turn a health scare into a political statement about wearing your mask means you're a fucking pussy ass Democrat. Well, then what else is he capable of talking them into? They don't believe the hype. They don't believe the video feeds. They you show them a video of him actively putting down, uh, you know, Mexican people or women or, or, or minorities and dog whistling. They don't believe that. They believe that these peaceful protests where, you know, you had hundreds of thousands of people literally sitting in the middle of a street holding a candle. Those are violent protesters that are burning down the cities and they need to be stopped. They truly believe that to their core. So you're talking about blind loyalty that is unshaken in these past four years do you blind do you not blind do you believe with your whole fiber and being that he is bad for our country and that we can't survive another four years yes why don't you think that that whole fiber being belief is more loyal than the blind loyalty from those conservatives why don't you believe that it can why don't you believe that that can stand up that's my question (sighs) i guess because it seems to me with the passion that you, with which you speak against Donald Trump happens a lot more often than you see. It seems like you miss it a lot because uh, and, and it's easy to get trapped into like I, there's no way we can win. So the people who are on the other side must just be they must just be billions of them. When I just right, I just yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing it. The, the, the rallies aren't that big, man. The TikTok, no, the no. TikTok people bought all the tick, bought all the tickets. Not real Trump supporters, man. Yeah, and that's, that's they're also not that why big. Uh, they're not that big. We can. It's easy to look at it. And go, oh my God, they're everywhere. They're all over the place. They're, it's not that many people, man. It's not that many people. And that's what I I, I want to kind of parlay this into this. I, I watched this documentary uh, the other night called The Social Dilemma. It's it's up on Netflix. Yeah, it's, it was on, talking it's on my about list. It's on my list. The bubble that we live in and with social media. And what I found unique in that, because it was talking about stuff that you already know that, you know, as you're signing into Google and Twitter and Facebook and stuff, they're recording your data and they're, they're mining your data and, and, you know, all this other stuff. Fucking duh. We all know that. Nobody reads the terms agreements, right? Right, right. But what I thought was unique is, um, people that had worked from Google who had set up, you know, uh, Google from day one were saying, um, that different people get different results in different regions. So in this thinking where we, we go, how can, you know, X, X people believe, you know, um, this, aren't they seeing this news story or aren't they seeing this, you know, video? They're actually not. So even when you type in like a common phrase, like, um, 
you know, uh, is, is this bad for me or whatever, or, you know, is Scientology bad? If I'm typing that in Los Angeles, I'm going to get different results than somebody typing that in Boise, Idaho, or fucking uh, Des Moines, Iowa, or buttfuck Egypt, or wherever you're Googling that from. And I did not know that. So a lot of times we get stuck in this bubble of information that's literally catered to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you when you think to yourself, how could these people believe that, or how could these aren't these people seeing this news story? They're literally not. Mm. It's not coming up on their feed. Mm. And uh, I think that's a, a huge, huge thing that we need to discuss is this idea of then what is truth? Yeah. If if your if your search engine is the same as my search engine and we're typing in the exact same sentence, why are we getting different results? Yeah. And I think that we have a huge conversation that we need to have about the catering um, that happens to individuals. And I think that's before, before we can do anything, before we can move past any of this bullshit or do any of that, we need to, we need to have a discussion about that because that is on an individual, that's on a cellular level. You know what I mean? Like these people are getting fed, like literally fucking hand fed this information. And, but do you think that you, do you not think that you're getting hand fed information based on where you are as well? Yes, for sure. And that's what I'm saying. That is the problem. We all I'm need right to be getting here in the, the same results. I'm right here in the Midwest and I'm seeing how many people aren't at his rallies. <laughs> yes, I'm, you know I'm, I'm getting saying? that as, as well. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, saying I'm not the, saying he's not going to win. I, I, I'm just saying. And this is a this is a point I think I want. It's actually one of the. The things I wanted to talk about today was was the idea of of, of subtlety versus hyperbole, um, and I think it's easy to get wrapped up. Like we can we can acknowledge that fake news spreads quicker than real news. Oh, of course, we can acknowledge people that, love that drama. They want can, to buy yeah, into it. We can acknowledge that conceptually, but then we have to take that knowledge. And apply it every time that we see a post that looks like it has thousands of likes. We have to go, that spread faster and further than real news did. So that means that every person who wanted to see that fake news story, the people who already had their mind made up, they all saw that very quickly. Right. It was fed to them as quickly as possible. They're like, you want this thing? This is what you like. We bet our algorithm says you're going to like this take on this story. Yes, yes, and 100%. Then, and they get it immediately. So, of course, it's going to spread like wildfire to all of the people who already believed that. Right? Because yes, 1,000%. So, yes. so there's like this idea of like this hyperbole and then things get pushed to hyperbole. Hyperbolic things sell. Subtlety and nuance doesn't sell. Right? So I read an article the other day. That was like, um, or this guy wrote a new book and I was reading like a review of the book. And the point of the book is that some, uh, a lot of the rhetorical devices and communicative tools employed by the Donald Trump administration are mirrored in fascistic 
uh, setups from the days of yore, right? Yes. So the point of yes. the book is the way that he communicates and the way that he participates in the public discourse mirrors a lot of rhetorical devices used by fascists. Now, notice that no one said Donald Trump is Hitler, right? That's not the point. They just said he acts like Hitler. <laughs> they, said, they said the rhetorical devices that he uses mirror those used by Hitler. And that's my point, because if you take from that Donald Trump is Hitler, you're missing the point of the guy's uh, whole book. That, right. The whole book is that the way Donald Trump is communicating to you, he's not single handedly ushering minorities into gas chambers. Right. He's not actively trying to take over Canada and Mexico. He's not trying to spread the. <laughs> right. He's not literally Hitler. He is communicating like Hitler. And it's important that we understand the distinction in those two statements, because then we can go, OK, this guy is employing a tactic that will allow him the type of power to do what he wants, which is not exterminate Jews or whatever crazy thing Hitler wanted. Right. But it is to do a thing. Right. And I think that's part of the problem that we're dealing with now is because when someone posts that article and a Trump supporter reads it, they say, oh, there's another one of these pussy snowflakes calling Donald Trump Hitler. That's ridiculous. Hitler killed million, eight to nine million Jews. Hit, you know, that's not Donald Trump, right? Uh, which, like, you could multiply the number. If you, if you applied, think about this. If it was, like, fascist dictator baseball cards and, like, <laughs> and, yeah. you, and you got, like, I think it's a Bill Burr bit, but, like, you got Donald Trump's card it would be nothing it you wouldn't care about that card you want Mussolini you want um, Mao Zedong you want Hitler you want the big hitters right yeah. you want Stalin you want a real dictator that you, you want, want Genghis Khan's rookie card you want people that killed <laughs> millions of people you don't want so if we apply if we gave Donald Trump if we gave him all the covid deaths which i think is a little generous to give him all the COVID deaths. But if we gave him all the COVID deaths for his baseball card, he would still be like 400, 4,000 times smaller than the number of people that Hitler killed. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, <laughs> yes. there's, there's subtlety there that needs to be acknowledged. It's the same as we feel as, as when we talk about, you know, Louis CK, uh, uh, versus, you know, who is, who is a, a massively turns out evil man. Uh, versus like, I don't know, what was it like, remember when Matt Damon was like, uh, I don't know if the guy making an inappropriate comment at the water, uh, the water jug during work is the same as the guy who raped someone. I don't know if they're the same. They both, right, they both right. did a wrong thing, but there are varying degrees of evil and there's subtlety there and there's nuance, right? We as humans don't want to process that nuance. We want to move straight to the hyperbole. Right. We want to go. That guy did a bad thing. That guy did a bad thing. They're both bad people. Get him the fuck out of here. Uh, we want to go. Uh, hey, look at this thing. The way Donald Trump talks is a little fidget. You're up. You're calling Donald Trump Hitler. I don't even have to listen to it. Whereas on the other side, you go. They are calling Donald Trump Hitler. You know why? Because he is Hitler. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's there's yeah, there's no subtlety. There's no honesty in the discourse. Right. And I think 
it's kind of the whole, like, you can't extinguish darkness without light. Like, I don't know that we can feed, that we can destroy the hyper, the hyperbole that is, that is Donald Trump with more hyperbole. Like, I think there have to be, we talked about honest conversations, right? I don't think any honest conversation started off with, (laughs) my neocon friends are going to hate this shit, and then a link to an (laughs) article. And a link to an article. No one had an honest conversation in which there were opinions changed. You know what I mean? Because if everybody does the exact same thing they did in 2016, the election's going to end the exact same way. So we've got to hope that either some people who were not previously mobilized have been mobilized now, or you've got to try to change people's mind who were voting on the other team. And I don't know that, like, you know, painting a Hitler mustache on Donald Trump really does anything for either of those things. I agree. I, 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 yes, yes, yes. And (laughs) I would like to say that I can be the bigger person here. And, and I've talked to, to some people about changing my messaging from fuck Donald Trump to, uh, not even mentioning him and mentioning mm-hmm. uh, policy changes or or mm-hmm. can or like ideal candidates ideal candidates and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, what do you want to see in in the person you're voting for and all that? Like, I would like to remove him from the conversation altogether. Right. Um, but well, man, it's it's real hard. I know. When every day I, you're hit with, dude. You know, a breaking news story where you're like, "Did you hear Donald Trump punched a dolphin and <laughs> called him a queer?" And you're like, "Oh God, really? He did that?" And it's that, really hard not in, to mention in that. Donald Trump's defense, I've, I that dolphin. Uh, I mean, a lot of dolphins are homosexual. Uh, dolphin. You know, lifestyle. Uh, man, fucking dolphin. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's, uh, that's that's the thing that's going to get us canceled, Malone. <laughs> <laughs> Gay dolphins is, unsubscribe. Is, is, norm, is normalizing Donald Trump calling a dolphin a queer? That's what's going to be the thing <laughs> that gets us tonight. But I I, it, I like to take it. Uh, I like to take what you're talking about to an, to another place and think about it this way. What can you do? Like, think about how many people you've asked, mm-hmm. you know, you know, what do you think about all this? You're having a political conversation and any of it actually ends with something concrete that you're trying to do to make a difference. Right. Some sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it does. Most of the time it doesn't. Right? Most of the times. No, most yes, of the time it doesn't. Right. Because when we when we think about it, is is it important Right. Is it important that one more person goes out and marches? Yeah. Like like you can't have lots of people without a bunch of one more person showing up. You know what I mean? Like it's all it's all individuals who had to show up. That is important. But would me walking out there to be a part of that larger collective right now have a larger impact than. Uh, finding somewhere where I can donate my time on a local level to actually improve the lives of people around me. Because here's the thing, like I live in the Midwest. It's largely a whitewashed area, mostly white people as far as the eye can see. Amber waves of white, just people standing out in their fields, right? (laughs) But here's the thing. The system doesn't necessarily do any favors for poor rural fucking white people either. 
right? Agreed. Uh, socially, they don't have to worry. <laughs> they don't have to worry about just getting pulled over and shot because of the color of their skin. That's not a thing they have to worry about. But also socially, the system doesn't do them a whole lot of favors either. The system is certainly set up for very rich people to succeed because they have money and can buy influence, right? And the rest of us are kind of varying degrees of fucked. And it has a lot to do with money. And I think this is maybe, maybe the secret to, 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 to maybe making some headway. Listen to me. What a dildo saying, I think I've found the secret <laughs> to making some headway. But my point is, if we, if we can acknowledge that it has to do, the, the systemic problems with our justice system have a lot to do with money. How poor you are, how many, how much, how good of access to uh, education, to food, to, uh, to you know the healthy diet, like food deserts and stuff like that, to healthcare, like having money to have access to those things immediately improves your lot in the justice system, right? And we acknowledge that there are systemic problems coming from many years ago in which the black community and people of color and minorities have been subjugated to these problems and been held down into poverty for longer due to systemic problems, right? Right. There are also really poor white people. And if you can go, hey, you're, you're all on the same team. If you'd stop fighting each other, the government's not taking care of poor people either way. Now, the problem that goes one step beyond that is that, that black people have been made poor because of their skin by the government. Right. Or at least yes. some dis- some policies were put into place that led to snowball effects that eventually led to poverty for black people. Right. There's either way, either way you buy it. Some shit happened long time ago and it's never really gotten better. Right. Right. Agree. But if we can figure out a way to fix a lot of the social issues and, and, and allow people to have access to uh, education and to, to, um, to health care and to, to good quality diet and food and stuff like that on a regular basis all across the board. That, but that's a lot of subtlety to get across in like a 30 second TV ad, you know. But also what you're talking about is this idea of coming together in unity and, 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 and loving and all that stuff, which has historically got a lot of people shot. It certainly everybody, has. Everybody in history who has said it doesn't matter what color you are, we all need to be you know, doing shit for each other and the government's fucking everybody. It doesn't matter you're black or white or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they shoot that person. Yeah. Or hang them on a cross, one of the two. Right. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. But I just I, I, I think that like I think that if if you know, you talked about taking Donald Trump's name out of your mouth, that's that's one policy when you replace it with just talking about policy issues. What if you replaced that time with donating money to something local to your community? Right. Back when uh, back when uh, uh Back when the the teachers were marching, right? Teachers yeah. teachers were marching for education. Everybody believes that we should do better for education, right? That's a very easy policy for all of us to agree on: is that education uh, is important for little kids, right? Um, I wonder if maybe maybe the twenty teachers from that district, uh. 
I don't know, banded together and tried to figure out a way to offer free health care to like stop the gap in between when school gets out, like some kind of a latchkey program. Can you immediately make a difference in your surroundings? You know what I'm saying? Like, what can I do to immediately improve the life of the person directly next to me? Can I volunteer? Oh, uh, can I volunteer locally? What can I'm a huge I do? promoter in yeah. in changing your own community and being right. the change, and that right. was one of the big things that I uh, discovered that was vastly different going uh, overseas to Europe for the first time. It was walking the streets of Germany. And seeing actually people on the streets conversing with each other, strangers on park benches talking, mm-hmm. nobody had their headphones in, nobody mm-hmm. was like, you know, people were, were actually conversing with their neighbors or communities. Uh, most, uh, most countries in Europe shut down on Sundays because it's family day. So you can't even, you know, buy a fucking scarf on Sunday because you're supposed to be home with your family and you're supposed to be spending time with them and making food and, 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 and conversing with them and doing things. And, but, uh, America, uh, is so behind on that. We are, uh, so competitive here yeah. that, uh, you know, everything, you know, just, just look at our stores. Everything is open 24 hours because we're competing 24 hours a fucking day. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, right. Well, there's, there's, there's insane. also, there's also this kind of, you know, I live in a very small town and, uh, my town is not without its social issues. Right. Um, but the weird thing about this town is there are only about 5,000 people in it, but anytime someone from the community says we're doing a fundraiser dinner, Line, the line is around the block to pick up their carry out dinner and take it home and just give money to whatever it is, whether it be the community center or the football team or the school or the library or the whatever. If it's a local thing, people will show up with their last five dollars to buy a plate of, you know, chicken and noodles to support the community center. You know, and I think that that kind of you have to kind of build from that energy outward. Right. If we can if we can build and we can go, hey, this matters to our community. Can we make it better in our community? Because remember, Donald Trump's messaging on the coronavirus. It didn't necessarily have to have anything to do with your local government's adherence or otherwise to that messaging. Right. Like it was possible for our our town, our town locked down to only essential workers before the state of Indiana did or city did. I was pretty proud of us for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like, huge. Like you could make a huge difference locally. If you just go join the March. Yeah. You're one more body there. Right. But your, your, your impact at that event is diluted by the fact that there are that many other people there. Whereas if you're one person trying to make a difference in your immediate surroundings, if everybody did that and went, okay, my small town needs to get better or my neighborhood needs to get better. I will like, I know people volunteering for like phone banks and stuff. And I'm always like, what if you just volunteered to pick up all the trash in your neighborhood instead? Right. Everybody feels better. Maybe somebody sees you doing it, then they volunteer and you can spread out to two neighborhoods. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, can you take the time that you've spent devoted to fighting Donald Trump and 
make an immediate surrounding in your, in your immediate, like your community. I I love this. I I, I love this idea. I just don't, I, it seems like, it seems like we, you know, you, you get to the end and we're like, well, the president is a joke. The president is unqualified. The president is a jackass. The president is mean. Well, what do we do about it? Well, we got to make sure we get a different white guy president. (laughs) I don't know that that's going to have a real big giant impact. Now I've said that and I understand that this guy (laughs) is an exception to many rules. Not saying that it's not important to do your due diligence and go, you know, compete in the, in the, uh, compete in the election. But I'm also saying that it's important that you can make a difference immediately surrounding your life. And you don't have to like you don't have to make everything be about some larger, gigantic nationwide issue. No, I love this. And I love the idea of making the, the change in your community. And this is something that, uh, you know, I, I brought up a, a few years ago during the debates. And I think you and I have talked about this story. I was in Dallas and uh, it was during the Hillary and Trump debates going on. And I had asked the crowd if they watched Hillary's speech. They said no. I asked if they had watched Trump's speech. They said no. And, uh, it was right after the Dallas shooting a few, a few weeks after that. Yeah. And so I said, well, Hillary talked about, um, something that your sheriff from Dallas brought up, which was being the change in your community. And if you don't like what's going on, it's time to step up, you know, right. join, join the police force, join the fire station, join, be a teacher, like join the community. And so you have a voice in change. You mm-hmm. have to be the change in your community to be the mm-hmm. change in the world. Right. And, uh, ironically, I had five tables walk out on me, <laughs> right. but, but the point is that is a big belief that I fully support is being that change that you want to see in the world. And, I'm a big champion of that when it comes to personal change as well. You know, I, I talk yeah. about a lot of self-care stuff and the, the idea behind most of it is that there is nobody coming to rescue you and you have to be the one that creates that change. And the minute you can accept that and, and use that as motivation is that's that's fucking step one ain't nobody coming to save you yeah it's only you it's not and that's how you have to view the country as well there's nobody coming to rescue us it has been four years look at all the crazy shit that's happened if somebody was going to step in they would have nobody's coming to rescue us Mm. so we have to we have to create the change ourselves we have to pull ourselves out of this we have to band together we have to come together and create the change that we are wanting to see. And that does include voting, but it also includes stuff on your local community levels. Right. And I couldn't agree with that more. Right. When's the, when's the last time you saw as much gusto into the local sheriff election as goes into the presidential election each year? Right. And People I, forget and I, that they have to vote every two years. Right. It's not every four years. Right. And I could, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure uh, Donald Trump hasn't either uh, directly uh, shot a guy before he got to court or paid the paycheck of a guy and then, you know, hired and fired a guy who shot a guy before he got to court. But your local sheriff might've, (laughs) that's the guy. Maybe you should try to worry about voting in or out. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, uh, we're we're running out of time, but I I do want to, the thing that I want to share this week 
is the thing I was just talking about, the Social Dilemma documentary. Yes, there's a lot of no-duh stuff that you've probably yeah. already known about, about data mining and all that stuff, but it brought up some really um, good points that I, I think I think people need to take a minute and actually think about is when we're talking about these companies who are uh, using your stuff to advertise to you, fucking no duh like when you when you're on the phone and you're talking about getting a new pair of uh, nikes or whatever and then you just happen to see fucking nike shoe ads in your instagram feed that's not a coincidence that is happening and we i think everybody's almost aware of that however what they're not aware of is the behavior behind it it's Mm. it's not shaping what you're buying, but it's shaping who you are. It's the way that it's shaping the way you think about things, what you see, like what we were talking about earlier, how it dictates what news articles it shows you, it brings to your attention. It shows you what podcasts it advertised to you, what shoes to buy, who to vote for. I'm talking about the behavioral methods in the slight uh, evolution of change that social media is putting on people that I don't think they're aware about. And I found that to be super interesting in the documentary and uh looking up a couple things afterwards what i found was the average adult in the u.s spends 12 hours and nine minutes a day on their social media christ that's fucking unreal yeah um so an average adult in their in their life will spend six years and eight months on social media god and so now now, combine that with the idea of the behavior uh, that they're changing within you. Again, yeah. not, they're not just selling you shoes. They're, shell- they're selling you ideas. Right. They're, they're selling you lifestyles. They're selling you ways to think about things. So now multiply 12 hours a day mm. with whatever messaging that they're putting behind it. Yeah. That's so fucking wild to think about. It's a really uh, unique documentary. They mix in like part film, like they act like there's like act out parts in it and stuff like that. They actually show you uh, how stuff is manipulated and, and all this stuff. It's, it's really, really strong. It's called The Social Dilemma. Uh, I, I think everybody should watch it. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really uh, interesting. Cool. It's a uh, dude. It's on my list. I, I saw it the other day and watched the trailer and put it on my list, but I haven't seen it yet. So I look forward to checking it out. Uh, yeah. The the my uh, my thing to share uh, is uh, this time is is uh, significantly more lighthearted. Um, <laughs> See, we flip flop. Last I week I was like, "Go watch Beth Stelling," and you're like, "The idea of numbers. What's behind them? What is growth?" I'm like, "What the fuck." <laughs> Yeah, I just want to talk about uh, the first two seasons of Animaniacs. They're on Hulu. <laughs> uh, they are so I fucking hate so you. criminally underrated. Uh, just watching, oh watching like watching Pinky and the Brain go from an idea to like this like megalith that turned into its own show was hilarious. Um, and, and the stuff that they were able to get away with at that period of time was absolutely astonishing to me. Um, I, I'll, I'll leave you with one. My, my favorite moment, um, that for whatever reason, the premise of this particular cartoon was that there had been some kind of a disturbance and they called in three detectives to, to, <laughs> to get to the bottom of it. And the three detectives of of course, Wacko, Yakko and Dot. And, of course. uh, and so, um, 
Yakko is kind of in charge, you know, and he says, uh, quick dot, uh, look for Prince. And so she runs out of the room. They go on with a brief conversation and then, uh, she comes back in the room and she's got Prince, the musician in her arms and she's holding <laughs> and, and she goes, I found him. And he said, no, I mean, fingerprints. And her and Prince lock eyes and lock and Prince winks at her and she goes, ew, I don't think so. And throws him away. No. Yes. That happened on Animaniacs. There's all sorts of shit like that. It's fantastic. Hollywood uh, is filled with pedophiles. Yeah. And I don't, I don't doubt that one fucking, bit. Fucking Prince tried to, Prince tried to, uh, do that with, with Dot Warner from the holy Animaniacs. shit yeah. that's fucking yeah. crazy dude that shows so so good so good um and uh the the entire premise of the sketch chicken boo uh, is really what i feel it's if i had to change my facebook political beliefs um i would yeah. change them to chicken boo from animaniacs uh, <laughs> i'm gonna have to look this up it's so funny it's that uh, yeah are the, you watching this on disney plus where hulu. where can i see animaniacs hulu Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. All right, man. Hi, dude. Well, it was good talking to you. It was um, good talk. And I have to go start a fundraiser now or something. I, I don't know. I have, yeah, just, just pick up pick up after your fucking self, you know? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> all right. I'm going to do laundry all and right. change the world. All right, man. Love you. <laughs> Love you. See you. Bye. Hey, it's Malone, and I just wanted to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can follow along with us on Twitter at SpeakerPhonePod. That's at SpeakerPhonePod. We'll be posting clips, updates, sharing news stories that we're talking about all right there. Uh, and if you're looking for more podcasts to check out, check out CultureCast Radio. It's right here on the 4D Podcast Network. You'll love it. I love it. Everybody loves it. Check it out. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.